can be like, um, who's the guy who looks like he has a marshmallow on his head? What's that guy? What's marshmallow? Oh That's marshmallow, Hannah. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Correct. Him. Welcome back to episode number 28. We're here doing some stuff. Uh, I tried already to do this intro once and Trish decided to just bust in on it with some burps. So maybe I'll do that. Hannah's a liar. Because sometimes before our intro music, if we say something I find particularly entertaining, I'll put it like in the beginning and then I'll put our music and then... Our intro, so I might just put the burp one in the beginning and then put our music. <laughs> we'll see. How's everybody oh, doing? How's yeah, it going? I was gonna say, how's everyone? I wish we had a feedback instantly. Maybe we should stream. Yeah, live stream. That'd be terrifying. Someday we should do that. I know. What are you drinking? It looks like wine. Oh, I have some wine. I've got it's a pineapple sangria. Apparently. Ooh, that sounds fancy. It sounds really sweet. Um, it's actually not that sweet. I thought it would be sweeter. It's pretty good, though. It's refreshing. Except I didn't um, wait long enough for it to get cold, so. I got a whiskey got? diet here. I got Ooh. tried and true. What a drink. Yep. What we drink now. Still going strong. <laughs> Still going yeah. strong. I feel, can't break it at this point, really. Right. All right, so what are we talking about today? Okay, so today, we're just going to jump right into it. I've got a lot to cover here. So my sources were... Wikipedia, Smithsonian Meg, and crimeandinvestigation.co.uk. So, hopping on in. It is May. What? I said, let's go. Oh. Sorry, I I like see your face move, but I don't hear it until like two seconds later. <laughs> right? I had the same thing going on, so. So I'm just like, uh. Which is weird, because that means okay. the video is ahead of the voice, which is usually not the case. Right. So hopefully it sounds normal. I don't know. It'll be fine. So it is May 23rd, 1918 in New Orleans, Louisiana. Joseph Maggio, M-A-G-G-I-O, was an Italian grocer. He was an immigrant and him and his wife were attacked in their home. Joe had his skull fractured by his own axe and his throat had been cut with a razor. His wife had also had her throat cut with a razor. What? This is really funny. Because, uh... Why? No, what's funny is that the thing I covered, it's not the same, Mm -hmm. but they were also... It's not going to be this episode. It'll be next episode for you guys. Uh, It was also someone Mm -hmm. was attacked with an axe in their home. So. Oh, man. Coming up next week, guys. Where was I? So, yes, he had been, his skull had been fractured by his own axe and his throat had been cut with a razor. His wife had also had her throat cut with a razor so deeply that her head had almost been severed completely. Joe had apparently survived initially. Yeah, bad. Um, Joe apparently survived initially and was alive when his brothers found him, but he did die shortly after. Police found bloody clothes in the home, so they assumed that the murderer had changed clothes before they left, and a panel had been cut out of the back door, which is how the person got into their home. The bloody razor was found on the lawn of a neighbor. 
No valuables in the house were missing, even though there were like plenty in plain sight that could have been taken. So they said robbery was obviously not the motive. And the razor actually belonged to Joseph's brother, Andrew. And he apparently removed the razor from his barber shop a couple days prior to have like a nick, like, I don't know, grinded out of it to have the blade fixed. And he lived in an adjoining apartment and said that he hadn't heard any noises that night or anything. And he blamed it on the fact that he was apparently drunk and he didn't hear anything. Was the nick still in the razor? I don't know. It didn't say. Did he actually check that razor in? Yeah, I don't know. So there... Um, they obviously thought that he was a suspect, but they didn't have anything actually tying him to it. Um, and there was also a message written in chalk on the pavement near the house that said, Mrs. Maggio will sit up tonight just like Mrs. Tony. And the police saw that and they think it was tying this back to a Mrs. Tony Shiambra who was actually an Italian grocer who had been killed during a spree of murders in 1911 and 1912. So they were wondering if this was like the same person who committed a bunch of murders earlier. Right. So this was like six years later. So they were like, "Eh, okay. So that happened May 23rd. And then on June 27th, 1918, Louis Besumer and his wife Harriet were attacked in the early morning hours. They were in an apartment at the back of their grocery store. They were also Italian grocers. Um, Louis was hit with a hatchet near his temple and Harriet was hit above her left ear. The hatchet, again, belonged to Louis and was found in the bathroom of the apartment. They were discovered around 7 a.m. by a delivery man who was supposed to bring baked goods to their grocery store. And both of them actually survived the attack. And Lewis said he was sleeping when he was hit. And they said robbery was the attack or was the reason, even though nothing valuable had been taken. They were just like, we don't know why else they would do this. So we're just going to say it's a robbery. And an ex-employee of the grocery store was arrested, but he was soon released because they didn't have any evidence to actually hold him for it. And it was actually shortly thereafter discovered that Harriet was Lewis's mistress, mistress and not his wife. And his wife came back into town and caused a big ruckus and it turned into this big scandal. And eventually the media turned to Lewis himself because apparently police found a bunch of letters written in Russian German and Yiddish, and police thought he was a spy. So they opened up a full investigation against him. What? And yeah, just random. He's very multifaceted then if he can speak all those languages. He sure can. They opened an investigation of potential espionage. And Harriet apparently had like a longer recovery because once she recovered enough to talk, she said that she agreed and she thought he was a spy too. And he was arrested, but then he was released two days later, and the police leading the investigation were demoted for poor police work. And then he was arrested again in August because Harriet had had a surgery that failed and she was dying from it. And she said on her deathbed that it was Lewis who attacked her with his own hatchet. And he was charged with murder, and he actually served for nine months before he was acquitted. Even though he also had been attacked. So people were like, 
Did he hit himself what, in so the head? he attacked himself also, right? That's why I think they only deli- uh, deliberated for like 10 minutes before they were like, yeah, no, uh, he's acquitted. And some sources said that Harriet just liked the media attention and made all sorts of outrageous claims. But even on her deathbed, that was another strange acts crime. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. So that one was on June 27th. On August 5th, 1918, Anna Schneider was attacked in the early evening hours. She was 28 years old and eight months pregnant. She said she woke up to see a dark figure standing over her and she was smashed in the face a bunch of times. Her scalp was cut open and she was covered in blood. She was discovered by her husband, Ed, later that night after he came home from work. She survived the ordeal and claimed to remember nothing else of the attack and actually went on to deliver a healthy baby. And her husband reported that nothing had been stolen and investigators found that she was attacked with a lamp. Just brutally attacking people. Yep, pretty much. And then James Gleason, an ex-convict, was arrested but then later released. And he was arrested because he ran from the police. But then he said he ran from the police because he gets arrested so much that he didn't want to get arrested again. So he ran away. But he didn't actually have anything to do with it. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I don't want to be arrested again. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. So then... The investigators started to wonder if this was related to the previous two attacks, even though she was not an Italian grocer. So then it started seeming like they weren't necessarily targeting anybody and were just attacking people at random. That one doesn't seem like it fits the same mold, though, because it was a lamp. I know. It's a little different. It's a little different. And she doesn't do groceries, so. Maybe she didn't have an axe to take, though. Because the other ones, they used their axe. So maybe she didn't have an axe. And he was like, well, shit. So, where's the next one? Uh, That was August 5th. So then on August 10th, five days later, Joseph Pomano was an elderly man living with his two nieces, Pauline and Mary Bruno. He was also an Italian grocer. This is such a random thing. I know. Like, why? So, I don't know. Let the nice grocery people go about their business. Rude. Very illegal. So, (laughs) also, yes. Bad. In all forms. Okay, so the nieces woke up to a commotion in their uncle's room and found that he had been smashed in the head and they saw the person who had attacked running from the scene. They said it was a heavyset man who was dark-skinned and wore a slouched hat and a dark suit. Romano uh, survived initially and was actually able to like walk himself to the ambulance and talk, but he did die two days later because of the head trauma. Again, nothing seemed to have been stolen. A bloody axe was found in the backyard and a panel on the back door had been chiseled away. So, so then at this point, people in town pretty much started freaking out. They were wondering who was doing it, who was next, when's it going to happen again? And police started getting a whole bunch of reports that people were seeing a man lurking around. People were just reportedly finding random axes in their backyards. People were carrying guns on them all the time. And family members would, like, stay up and, ha- like, take watch in their house. They'd take turns. And some people would actually find that their doors had been tampered with. Ooh, hate that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be super creepy. Okay, so a retired investigator thought that the killer might have also been responsible, like I said, for some earlier murders in 1911. 
and they thought it was someone with dual personalities who would kill or hurt people just to do it. And it's very likely that they could be a law-abiding citizen who would just become overcome by the desire to hurt people. And so the last death was, or the last, yeah, was Joseph, August 10th. And then nothing happened until March 10th, 1919. Is that years and later? Or? it was the next year. Oh, next year. So like the last one was in August. So then it was that following March. Okay. So Charles Cortemiglia was also an Italian immigrant who lived with his wife, Rosie, and infant daughter. Nearby neighbors who lived close to them heard screams coming from the house and ran over and they saw that the entire family had been attacked. The wife, Rosie, stood in the doorway with a very serious head wound and was holding the infant daughter who unfortunately had been dealt a single blow to the back of the head and had died immediately. I hate that. Yeah, just a little baby. Uh, And Charles was laying on the floor bleeding. The couple both survived and they were brought to the hospital. Both had really bad skull fractures. And again, nothing was stolen from the house, but there was a panel chiseled out of the back door and a bloody axe on the porch of the home. Um, Like I said, they both survived. And Rosie said that Lorlando Giordano and his 18-year-old son, Frank, were the ones responsible for the attack. They were actually the next-door neighbors who apparently heard the screams and ran over, saw what happened, and alerted police and they were apparently business competitors and had just been to court over some sort of dispute. Oh. And at first, when she was first in the hospital, Rosie said she didn't know who did it. But then one source suggested that the investigators kind of like led her to say that those two did it. And she was apparently at one point arrested as a material witness and was only released after she signed an affidavit saying that it was those two. But then um, they it didn't really make sense because Orlando was elderly and he was really sickly and they were like, there's no way he could have done an attack that vicious. And Frank was over six feet tall and 200 pounds and they said he never would have fit through the panel in the door. And Charles, her husband, said that what she was claiming was not true at all and they actually got divorced after this. And either way... Um, Lorlando and Frank both got arrested and charged and they were found guilty and Frank was sentenced to hang and the older man was sentenced to life in prison. What? And yeah. And like I said, Charles divorced her and he was like, this is not true. This is not right. And then eventually, like a year later, she actually admitted to falsely accusing them and they were released from jail. Because I'm sure she got charged after that for false testifying. You would think so. Right. You'd think she'd get in trouble for that. Because that is also illegal. In case people right. didn't know. I'm going to tell you all the things that are illegal. So far, we got falsely testifying and murder. Both illegal. Yeah. Breaking into people's houses, smashing them with an axe. Illegal. Also illegal. So. Illegal. Um, okay, so then it gets real weird. Because so it's not already. So the sources. Yeah, right. So the sources kind of differed. And... So it was either on March 13th or 14th that a letter was received from the Axemen and published in local papers. And it said, I'm going to read the whole thing. It's kind of long, but I'm going to read it. It said, esteemed mortal of New Orleans, they have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. 
I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orlean, Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axe Man. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe besmeared with blood and brains of who of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis, Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the axemen. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, and the worst, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is playing in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, it is about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse. Hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee, I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. The Axeman. Dude, my Very God. theatrical. And you're yeah. talking about how you're the angel of death? The fuck? The angel of death. Are you, no, you, he's not. I don't he know. He, he, a- like... He holds hands with the angel of death or whatever. He's in a close relationship. Okay. Yeah. They're friends. Right. They're friends. He likes jazz. He likes jazz. <laughs> and he's so talking about how it's like. A fun little letter. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here with your stuff. You're just mean. <laughs> Trish ain't having I'm it. Not having just it. A bully. He just had a lot to say. So they published that. And then that night, every club had jazz music playing. People had it in their on their radios in their house. And basically, the entire town was playing music, and there were no murders that night because they were playing jazz. So then, that was in March. Fast forward to the next August, August 10th, 1919. Steve Boca, another grocer, was attacked in his home as he slept again with an axe. He was woken to someone standing over him, and he actually... Uh, like, so he was, like, attacked, passed out, woke up, ran outside, only to realize he was bleeding all over and his head was split open, ran over to a neighbor's house where he passed out. But he survived, couldn't remember anything else except for the fact that afterwards nothing had been stolen and again a panel was cut out of the back door. September 2nd, a man named William William Carson was able to scare off the axeman when he fired several shots at him. The axeman left behind a broken door and an axe. So then the next day, September 3rd, Sarah Lawman was attacked. She lived by herself 
and her neighbors had come to visit her, but she didn't answer. She was 19 years old and was discovered in her bed unconscious. She had a severe head injury and was missing several teeth. Her apartment had an open window, which is where they think the intruder went through because they didn't find the door panel thing this time, but they did find a bloody axe in the front lawn, and she also recovered but couldn't really remember much because head trauma. So that was September 3rd. The next one was October 27th, 1919. Mike Pepitone was attacked. Him and his wife were asleep, and she actually woke up to see a large man holding an axe fleeing their bedroom. And Mike had been struck in the head and was covered in blood. There was blood spatter everywhere, and he did not survive. And one source said that Later on, one source said that this murder actually didn't belong to the Axemen. It was somebody else, but some other ones were like, no, that was the Axemen. But there was really no way to confirm, nor did I. So then some people believed that he was responsible for some other deaths outside of New Orleans as well. Joseph Sparrow and his daughter Alexandria were killed in December 1920. Giovanni Orlando in 1921, and that was in January. And then Frank Scalisi in April 1921, and all of those deaths were Italian grocers that were broke into in the middle of the night and attacked with their own axe. So they said, sure seems like it fits the ammo, but it just wasn't in New Orleans. So after that, it basically just stopped as suddenly as it started. And many of the victims, as I stated, were Italian immigrants, so people thought that the crimes were ethnically motivated, even though there were a few that weren't Italians. The overwhelming majority of them were. So there were a couple of theories, which were like, one was the Black Hand, which was apparently an early form of the mafia. And this was believed because many attacks were Italian-American grocers, and the Black Hand crime was given... Uh, was an extortion method used in Italian neighborhoods at the time. So they thought that the murders could be linked to um, unpaid extortion debt, and these people were coming back to get them. But some suspects were left alive, which they were like, if this was the true black hand, they wouldn't have left them alive. And many Italian immigrants at the time distrusted authorities there was like lots of tension between the italian immigrants at the time and like authorities in new orleans which led them to take matters into their own hands if they had issues with people like the quote old-fashioned way did you guys tell me we didn't arrest anyone no this is like one of those cold cases that might have been a lot of people we don't really know (laughs) yeah we don't really know no satisfying answer nope but there is one that seems very likely well kind of so we'll do that one last so next was some people think there were copycat killers they think there might have been one axeman and then someone was copycatting for like the ones that didn't really fit his mo the same like the non-italian people or, like, not doing the door thing. And then the last one was Joseph Mumphrey was the only suspect to actually have ever been linked, like, as an individual. And he apparently led a blackmailing gang in New Orleans that 
specifically apparently a targeted Italian Americans. And in December of 1920, a year after the last known attack in New Orleans, Mumphrey was actually shot by the widow of one of the um, victims. And she claimed that he was the axeman and remembered seeing him running from the bedroom. And he had apparently served in prison from 1912 to 1918, which was the window between those two sets of murders, the ones that were 1911 slash 1912. And then nothing really happened. And then they started again in 1918. So people were like, well, that seems pretty suspicious that no murders happened while he was locked up. Right. But then the source said that there was actually no hard evidence of a man named Joseph Mumphrey being killed in New Orleans. And some people think he didn't even exist at all. Hmm. But a lot of people um, think that he was real and that he was the one responsible. But nobody was ever caught or identified and the murderers stopped as suddenly as they started. There were various theories, but nobody really knows. But some people think that the Axemen didn't actually write that letter. They, A lot of people think that it was somebody trying to bolster jazz music at the time because it was just starting to get like popular in the area. And people were like, that seems like the most random thing. Like, what the heck? And there was... Huh? I was say, yeah, that was like... I was going to bring that up again, the whole night of jazz music. Just what? Yeah. Yeah, there was a um, a musician named John Joseph Davila, and he composed sheet music called The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz, Don't Scare Me Papa, and apparently made a crap ton of money from it. So a lot of people think that he wrote that letter, sent it in, and then published this music since a lot he knew it was kind of like going to be a sensationalized thing right so a lot of people were like no the actual killer did not write that letter it was this guy trying to make a profit off of it which who knows yeah so that was the axeman of new orleans that was people got got murdered and or severely injured it's just so weird because it doesn't seem like there was any reason why these people were like targeted unless right. they were they did have debts yeah i don't yeah for real don't cut into people's doors don't steal their axes and definitely don't injure people with axes all illegal yep all right true true that's life lessons with trish just don't be a life jerk lessons. yeah no. all right i'm gonna get Bad a second habit. beverage and then we will start mine right. Okay, so we had some technical difficulty because I am an idiot. (laughs) Hannah kept complaining that it was so loud during the whole beginning of this, and I kept turning my mic down, (laughs) like, to the point where I can't, because, you know, like, like microphones for this kind of thing, you hear the feedback of yourself, so I couldn't hear Mm -hmm. myself anymore. Um, It was so quiet, and I kept just turning and turning it down, and she's like, well, turn it up, and I'm turning it down, she's like, I hear no difference. And then I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Is this like going off like my computer <laughs> mic or something else? It was going off my webcam mic. Yeah. So you like, guys were getting webcam audio. You were so getting sorry. webcam <laughs> audio. And it's from like this webcam is at least like five, eight years old. It's like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? There's peas on this thing. Like 144. <laughs> it's, old. It's, it's freaking old. So sorry about that. You guys were definitely getting and 
I think the whole last episode was probably recorded like that. Maybe Are you some, I don't even know. Yeah, I think so. But it's oh okay because when I edit it, I can like normalize it. And I was like, God, why do I have to turn Trish down so far? She's screaming the whole time. So oh. I've been using my webcam audio. So, <laughs> but shout to be out, honest, Logitech. it's kind of impressive that it was picking because she was loud. Like I was like, Jesus, criminy. Because like. I don't know if any of you guys do anything with like audio or videos or whatever, but like once you get loud enough, it like clips and you can hear it like breaking. And then when you listen back, it doesn't sound very good because you can hear it getting too loud. And I was I heard it a couple times only like if we were like laughing or something. But I was like, what's going on? And then I was like, Trish, turn it down. Like I must have said something like five times. I was like, Trish, turn it down. You got to turn it down. I was like, I don't know why it sounds so loud, but try turning it down again. And then I was like, no, it sounds the same. What's going on? Yeah, that's so hilarious. Shout out, so Lock sorry Attack. about that. Your mic and your webcams is apparently very sensitive. It's actually really. It's that's not even close to me. Like I set it on a thing behind my computer. Like it's yeah. far away. Yeah, so. and then I was like, Trish, push your microphone away. Okay, put it, push it right there. Just put it on the opposite side of the room. Maybe I'm like <laughs> scooting my chair away from the desk. Can you hear me, Hannah? Yeah, yeah so it's loud. If you notice a little difference in the audio, that's probably why, but that's okay. Okay. Um, and then I yeah, I love that. That's so love bad. that for us. That's so bad. <laughs> I because I remember last time I was like, because these microphones, we have like a pop, it comes with like a pop filter. standard pop filter or whatever. And usually, I mean, they're not the most expensive microphones, but they do an okay job of like drowning out certain like environment sounds around you like they aren't fabulous but they're okay but I was noticing I was hearing a lot more and like even when you just went to get a drink now like I feel like I could hear every move you made yeah and then like also um what was I gonna say oh god now I forgot because like when I was down oh yeah that was last week but you were complaining about my computer fans I was like there's yes there's like almost honestly like silent and Hannah's like yeah there's no way you can hear it yeah I'm like this thing is on like webcam because I have a computer and I set my fans to lower because I mean I'm not gaming or anything so I Mm -hmm. set them lower to like silent so you can't hear them like in the background and she's like yeah I hear it I was like I don't know how because I can barely hear it it's just like you don't hear it there's no way (laughs) I don't I'm like you're imagining it yeah so sorry if you uh the audio was weird but you know what whatever it's fine anyway well so that's a thing that happened so that was what you, i refilled my pineapple sangria so i'm ready to rip let's go i filled refilled my bevy too all right so i'm gonna get into my topic now and we are at how would you pronounce c-e-c-i-l cecil is how i pronounce it does that sound right cecil cecil <laughs> I like Cecil. Cecil is great. Cecil. <laughs> Cecil. I think it's Cecil. The Cecil Hotel. It's. I would say. No, I think it is the Cecil Hotel. Oh, do you know this? I've heard of it. I don't. I've heard of a lot of hotels, so I don't specifically remember exactly which one this is. But I'm pretty sure it's not the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cecil sounds like. I think it's the Cecil Hotel. Cecil. It's. I mean, that sounds like. Beezlebub to me it's cecil like when you say cecil i think beezlebub (laughs) (laughs) lance brings that up and it's funny god hold on i'm gonna google it in my mind when i read it honestly that's one of my favorite episodes oh my god i just cried in my mind when i read it it was beezlebub (laughs) okay 
I just imagine Beelzebub, the demon, like listening, being like, God damn it. <laughs> That's not even close. Uh, Girl. Yeah. So I Googled, Bubby. how do you pronounce Cecil Hotel? And it says, okay, well, actually, I Googled Cecil Hotel pronunciation. And then mm-hmm. it came up with a, how do you pronounce C-E-C-I-L? And they said, Cecil. I See, I've always Cecil. heard I have heard Cecil Hotel. Okay. All right. Anyway, Cecil. I don't remember what it's about, but I've heard of it. It's located in Los Angeles. Pretty downtown. It's a popular one, isn't it? It's pretty popular, I feel like. A little bit, yeah. It was opened in 1927. Okay. And okay. it was built by William William Banks. If Planner. I have a kid, I'm I'm gonna name, well, if it if I have a kid, I'm gonna name him Cecil. Cecil? I don't Just know. I think that's a gender neutral name. Then I'm going to call him Cece. I'm going to name mine Beezlebub. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't. But maybe like... I'm not kidding. Maybe like... She will. If I get a guppy or something, name that Beezlebub. All right. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. Right. It was opened in 1927 by William Banks Hanner. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. cost at the time like $1 million. I think that's almost equivalent to $13 million. In today's jeepers, so he dropped some. Why cash it caught? He bought it. Okay, so he no, he built it. it. It was already. He built okay, it. Sorry. Okay, he built it for dang. So it was supposed to be kind of like a luxury hotel for business people, and they, like mm-hmm. the lobby is like marble. There's marble everywhere and stained glass. Wow, it's very um. That's what I'm looking for. Prestigious. He looking. balled out. Yeah, it looks very ritzy. Unfortunately. Sure. What happened right after 1927 in the 30s? Great Depression. The Great Depression hit. And Uh-oh. the hotel was definitely affected. It is in the area what that became Skid Row. So oh, if you know anything about Skid Row, it's basically an area that was uh, very affected by the Great Depression. And there was a lot of people who were homeless at the time. Sure. So not a good place. The... Um, Hotel kind of went down. The hotel wasn't getting a lot of business is what we're saying. And like the clientele, (laughs) it kind of became like a place for people to stay who are like down on their luck. That kind of thing. So. So. Okay. That happened in the 1930s. Did they like change rates to allow people to stay there? They probably didn't have an option, honestly. Yeah. No. They probably were just like, you come in. Yes. We'll give you a room Mm -hmm. for whatever you can afford pretty much probably <laughs> um so in the 1930s alone because of the great depression the hotel had six suicides Aww. people jumped from it uh there was people who drank who consumed poison oh no cut their own throat oh my god that one's extreme that. oof and i think that was a military veteran which is really sad oh that is so sad i and mean then, they're all sad but yeah and then someone also, sh- like, there was also people who shot themselves in the hotel. Aww. So that was in the 1930s. If you look at the full time, imagine trying to live through that time. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic now, but, like, I can't, like, the Great Depression, like, was, oh, my God. Grapes of Rask? Yes, that's Yikes. literally every time I think grapes, or grapes, every time I think about grapes, no. Every time I think about Great Depression, I think Grapes of Wrath and that book that just, like, made me ache. I don't know. It's just it so scary so sad. and so sad. So that was in the 1930s. There were six. Over the entire lifespan oh. of the hotel, which is still happening, 
it has now had 16 at a minimum of Oof. unnatural deaths. Not necessarily suicides, but unnatural deaths. That means it could okay. have been accidents, suicide, or people who have been murdered in the hotel. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about some of the weirder cases of things that happened in this hotel. So September 1944, there was a lady named Dorothy Jean Purcell, and she was 19 and staying at the hotel. This one is crazy to Uh-oh. me. Um, she woke up with stomach pains in the middle of the night. Okay. She went into the bathroom. Okay. And at that point, she ended up giving birth, even though she didn't she, have I no idea. I was going to say that. Yeah, even though she had no but idea she was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. So she delivered the child by herself. Oh, my gosh. Um, She did have the, I don't know if he was the father, but a significant other with her in the room. Mm-hmm. But I think he just kept sleeping because she went to the bathroom because she didn't want to wake him up. And she thought she was just having stomach pains. And she's like, no, honey, it's fine. I'm just going to birth this baby. I'm just going to go birth this baby. <gasps> oh, my gosh. It gets way worse, though. So she and had she the baby. she didn't know she was pregnant. No, she didn't know she was pregnant. Okay. Okay. After she gave birth, she thought the child had passed away. Oh, no. And she was not in a good state at the time, and she threw it out of a window. Oh, my God. Oh, no. It wasn't dead, was it? Oh, God. She took the baby out. I I don't know if they ever found out if it was dead or if it... As far as it sounded... she assumed it it was. It sounded like it probably wasn't dead until she did that. Threw it out the window. Okay. Uh, She wasn't charged with murder because they said she was mentally unwell, and she was placed in a hospital for help after that, but... Yeah. Still terrible. Yeah, that's sad. So that's really sad. This is a sad night for babies. The moment. Yeah, I hate it. Did not fare well tonight. No. On this, the 9th of August, the babies had bad times. Really sad. On to the next one. 1962. Mm -hmm. There's a Mm -hmm. Pauline Aton. She's 27 years old. She actually jumped from her room, which was on the ninth floor. After she had an argument with her husband, she left a suicide <gasps> note and everything, and, um, you know, but what actually ha- ended up happening is she landed on a person, George Gianni, <gasps> Gianian. Oh, my gosh. She landed on him. He was 60, Oh my gosh. I want to say 67, but he was in his 60s. She landed on him, mm-hmm. and they ended up both dying. He died, too? He died, Aww. too. Sad. At first, they thought Series it was a dual suicide. Events. They thought it was like a oh. double suicide when they first saw it. Yeah. But they said his hands were still in his pockets. Oh, and then also um he was just going for a stroll. He was just walking, yeah. Uh-huh. That one was really sad. 1964, there is Goldie Osgood. She's also known as Pigeon Goldie. And because she she was known as that because she would go to Pershing Square and she would like to feed and care for the pigeons there. So she was considered okay. like a, a pigeon lady. They mm-hmm. didn't. They found her in a room. Her room was completely messed up. Everything was kind of like thrown around, and she had been assaulted and murdered in her room. <gasps> oh my! Gosh. And she was like a long time stayer at the hotel. And they uh, they never ended up finding out who murdered her. Oh no! So this hotel is sounding terrible. Yep, it's got a lot past of wise, bad, past wise. Past wise, yeah, pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, the hotel has also had two serial killers stay there. <gasps> what? Do you know Richard oh, Ramirez? No. Yes. Yes. So bad. Yep, he lived there in the nineteen eighties. So 1980s. bad. He was known for some time. Yeah, he the was night known stalker. Night stalker. Yep. Yeah. Killed at least thirty-eight people. 
between the ages of nine and 83. He was known as a Satanist, which saying he identifies as a Satanist is kind of a weird thing for me to say because there actually is a Satanist religion that has nothing to do with violence or anything. But yeah, I mean, because like there's a church of Satan and they actually do like quite a bit of like giving back and stuff, which is odd, but they wouldn't be like, you know, Mm. how you would perceive a Satanic person, you know? Sure. But he identifies as a Satanist and was a serial killer. He would murder people using handguns, knives, machete, tire iron, and hammers. Mm-hmm. And then when he got back to the hotel, he would actually take his clothes off, throw them in the dumpster in the back, go through the back door, and he would come in naked or in his underwear. What? And at the what? time, apparently, this hotel was very uh, known for being, having, it was the 1980s and people were, it was like kind of like a hot spot for, not partying, but like things were really weird around the area. So no one even cared. That he was just walking in in his underwear or naked. It was known for like having drug users in the area. And so no one really like, there was like, oh, you know, typical Tuesday, dude walking in naked, whatever. Sure. So that's wild. He lived there for quite a while. And then after that, there was Jack Unterweger. Unweger. He was also a serial killer and he lived there in the 1990s. He was um, known for murdering prostitutes. Uh, he lived there for five weeks and murdered three in the area. He's oh. not from LA originally. He's from Austria. He was a serial killer there, and he oh, his I first think I've heard of yeah him. his first murder was in 1974. He was sentenced there. He served time for I think it was like ten years, maybe a little bit longer. And they said he was reformed. He started oh, writing boy. books in there and like a memoir, and like his poetry got a lot of like traction. And they were like auto- he writes poems he's fine and like he had an autobiography that became a bestseller and they thought he had been reformed and like he became this like staple of what the prison system can do for people how they can turn their lives around the one is he the one that was murdering people and he was either like a reporter Mm -hmm. or was like talking to reporters about the murders or something he got hired as a reporter and he reported on his own crimes and yep. he was covering his own stories. Okay, yeah, we yep. got to talk about him sometime, but oh yep. my gosh. So his okay. MO was he would strangle Wild. usually prostitutes with their own undergarments. Mm-hmm. And yep. yeah, he covers some of his own murders. Also, people say that it's Ooh. not been confirmed, but people say he stayed at that hotel because Ramirez stayed there. And that oh, is why he stayed there. Oh, he like idolized him? In some sort, if no you're staying one, where another yeah. serial killer stayed, I'm just saying. That's uh, like a lot of people think that. There's obviously no way to confirm it. People think that's sure. why he stayed there. Outside of that, hmm. Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short. <gasps> this yeah. has not been confirmed, but it's a huge popular topic. People say that they had seen her having beverages for her murder like a day or two before at the Cecil oh. Hotel. Wow. And that we covered this topic too, but in case you guys weren't yes. listening back then, uh, definitely go listen. But also, she is yeah. one of the probably most, not popular, but most known cold cases yeah. for unsolved so mysteries. It's very sad. And she was actually found kind of near the Cecil Hotel. And she had sure. been cut in half, no blood on the crime scene, yep. had a glass glow smile. And it's. It's a wild story. It is. And. It's very awful. violent. And so very to find that she may have been linked to this hotel is super right. weird. When it has such a history of just bad, just bad, just bad, just bad. American yeah. Horror Story is basing their 
whole season off of your hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there's American Horror Story season based on you, you probably had a bad time. Probably not a good place. Nice. Though TBH, Matt Bomer is in that season, and I am a so is Lady Gaga. Matt, I know, but I am. Oh my god, I would. It's weird to Matt see Lady Bomer Gaga in American Horror Story. Wild, wild. So. Matt Eventually, they decided to change the hotel name, kind of give it like a facelift. It's now called Stay on Main, I think. In 2011, this, okay. the name change happened. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, the weird instances didn't stop there. And I think we have touched on it a couple times because it is no uh, like a very well-known case. It's Elijah Lamb. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm just going to cover her case at some point. Yeah. So she's 20. I'll give a brief overview. She's 21 years old. And she was found naked in the water tank on top of the building. They ruled it an accidental drowning. The weird thing is, to get up to that roof, you need an access key. And there's fire escapes and stuff. So for it to be an accident, they don't know how she actually got up there. Her cell phone was missing. Wasn't in her room. Wasn't near where she was. And A lot of mystery. There's a lot of mystery. And if you watch the video, which I, I have seen the video. I don't know if you have very strange it's, in the elevator yeah it's super weird she's yeah. seen pushing buttons kind of like hiding yep. in the elevator and then she peeks out and like looks down the hallway she seems very agitated or afraid or and the like elevator isn't moving for- which is right. weird some so people pushing actually there was a theory that she was playing the elevator game i think we did mention that when i covered the elevator game that was yeah, one of the theories is, i don't know how much i buy that but it's, you know, speculation. So you can see her, like, peeking down the hallway, looking out. And then she comes out of the elevator, elevator and it looks like she's almost talking to someone or, like, kind of addressing someone. And that's, you yeah. know, the video before she's, you know, found later. She was announced out. missing for a couple weeks, and then they found her later. Yeah. After. And, you know, and the worst they found thing, her because people were reporting about the water. Yeah. The I water. The water tasted really bad and yeah. smelled really bad and it's sad and i know but another one um that i read said that she was on some medication i don't remember what it was and i'd have to look into it more maybe if we like cover her case specifically yeah. they said she, I think was, she was sort of medication for mental illness at the time i don't know if it, yes and it's that what if i read about taking her medication that Maybe that's would have explained like the erratic behavior. Explain, like I think that's why they ruled it accidental drowning, but it doesn't explain how she could even get up there. How she would get there, right? Yeah. It's like that maybe explains like the elevator behavior, but how does she get up somewhere if you need access from like an employee? Right. So it, anyways, actually, we'll go on to the paranormal now. This is known paranormal. as Paranormal. It is said to be most haunted LA place. Oh, really? Obvious. Uh, there wasn't a lot of information on, like, the paranormal happenings. Like, you know, if you're, like, dealing with a poltergeist, there's, like, an account of this happened, this happened, mm-hmm. you know. In this, it was just, like, there's images caught on camera. There's been orbs. Um, there's been apparitions, cold spots that people report, weird sounds mm-hmm. they hear. There was one image, though, that a person caught on the street down below, and it literally looks like a person who is standing in the window, like, looking down, uh-huh. like they're about to jump. Show me. I think if you look up Cecil Hotel ghost image, you can probably find it. But yeah, it looks like someone who is about to jump out of a window. And it's not an actual person. Right. 
I obviously didn't cover every single thing that happened in this hotel because it would literally it, 16 people would be like me going down a list like this, 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 this. And I don't know. Like, I just tried to hit the main ones, like the not the main ones, but the ones that are like more the ones that stand out more because there was a lot of suicides with yeah. the ones that had weird things linked to them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would just be like, yeah, this person killed himself and this person and it's just really yeah. sad. And <laughs> there's really I, I mean, you know, yeah. Did you see the image? Is it well? Is it this one? Let me see. Sorry, I, I opened a window over your face. Yeah, yeah. So it looks. I mean, definitely, you could tell it's a window, and it looks like someone almost wearing a blue shirt, and they have dark hair, and I feel like you can for sure make out like their arm, right? Like going over, right? I feel like, right? Like, doesn't that kind of yeah, look like that's like, like holding their arm. the frame and stuff? Yes, and they're like crouched down in the so. window. Yeah. Like kind of yeah, looking at the you, ground. Yeah, so if you want to see it, you can Google. I Googled Cecil Hotel ghost image. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like the first one. It was pretty um going around for a while back then. So I mean, you're also definitely gonna get some Eliza Lamb stuff too. So if you don't want I mean it's obviously not like graphic or anything, it's just like the elevator stuff. So if you don't want to see any um, of that get into that one, just Look at the window picture and I don't know. Don't like click so on that, stuff. But yeah, so that is the Cecil the Cecil Hotel, which has had a wild history. Uh, my that is wild. My sources were CNN, news.com.au, Discovery, Ranker, The Lineup, Wikipedia, Country Living, all that's interesting, and Ooh. Listverse. I love all that's interesting. I want to go work for them. They, they have, have such. Good, they have really they good have, stuff. Like. I Every think, single topic I've covered, I feel like they've been uh, a right. source for me. Me too. I honestly think wow. so too. And um, there's a lot of different people I linked here that have covered this because a lot of it is covering like the same thing, but I feel like it's little pieces from each of them. So sure. I, I included them all. They all did a good yeah, job covering much, it. So when I do it, pretty much like if I open the website and read it, I'm like, they're a source. They're, <laughs> they're a source. I hit them. So. Yeah, that was my topic. It is you can look into it more because obviously there are sixteen horrible things that have yeah. happened at least in this hotel. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole, you can. I You're just kind of get hit, the details. Yeah, I just kind of hit yeah. the ones that really you know stood out that most websites covered because they were so shocking and strange. Fine. But yeah, there is a lot more. Like there's a whole Wikipedia page based off of the events that have happened here like there's a the page covering the hotel itself and then there's a page covering like the suicides or murders that have happened in the like they're separate pages because it's so long it's ridiculous it's crazy there's a lot there guys there's a lot if you want if you want to fall down that rabbit hole yeah i do take me to the rabbit hole all right guys that's all i had so do we have would you rathers I have some questions. They're not would you rather's, but I'm going okay. to ask you them. Right. But I can't answer them. Why? Because that takes the fun out of it. Okay. So it's like it's a personality quiz. Ooh, this is fun. I like so this. I already know the questions and like answers and stuff. And maybe you've already done it. I don't know. We'll find out. I also uh, earlier while Trish was taking notes, I was in a Discord chat with her boyfriend Josh and one of our other friends. So I asked both of them. So Ooh. I wrote Josh's answers down Very too. Fun. Just I kind of want to know our other friend. friend what he said to uh yeah his we'll say his okay okay so i don't know if you've done it but we'll find out pretty fast so the first question is what is your favorite animal in the world oh it's an elephant this is how you perceive yourself i perceive myself as an elephant <laughs> <laughs> i 
I mean, so, gentle giant smart. Yeah, gentle okay. giant smart. Yeah, emotional. Like they're very yeah. friendly. They mourn for people. Yeah, and they bury. Things. I mean, they cancers bury- have feelings. I do. You're I have a, a lot of feelings. I do. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> but She's I do have a lot of feelings. Nice. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We. It's okay. I'm a Gemini, and I apparently don't have emotions. I, was so like, I don't think fine. you have emotions. You're just <laughs> bored. Easily. I think it's pretty accurate. I'm just like, I I don't know. Okay, <clears throat> so so what do you think Josh's was? I think he was elephant. This is her boyfriend. I think he knows. I think he knows my favorite animal is an elephant. No, his favorite. Class oh, his fa- them, oh, like his what favorite animal? Were- yes. Oh gosh, I don't think he has. I was one. not expecting meme stuff. He said duck. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. That's so much. That makes a ton of sense. We had this whole class where our professor referred to everything as like a duck class. Like it was a computer science class. So like, you know how classes work in computer science? He called it like huh. duck. And then you could add to this class like different attributes. And you could oh. put like rockets and rocket ducks. Every class was just him saying duck. So it kind of became. It kind of became. It kind of became like a running joke with us. Like whenever we see an animal, we go, that's a duck. duck. That's a duck. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, you know. Sure. Question number two. What is your second favorite animal in the world? Octopus. That is how you perceive your partner. Intelligent. Cool. Yeah, I can see that. Octopuses are very smart and like just <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, they're super smart though. And like. They are. do their own they thing. They are very intelligent. And they get smarter, they learn, and they adapt. I feel like that's like, yeah, that's definitely a Josh thing. Like They're kind of also like independent, which I would see him as. Mm. Okay. So what do you think Josh's answer was? Oh, God. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> we already had Dot. Was Josh just like, if he was being serious, I feel like it would be like a dog. But I don't think he's being serious. Uh, He said a crow. Oh no! That yeah, that makes sense too. Okay. Oh, and I felt like I was like, okay, I could vibe with that. Crows are also very smart and kind of sassy. Smart and kind of sassy. Yeah, like I could. Okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate being sassy, smart, a little bit. I got the black hair. In case you want to know, you know, I'm a little crow. (laughs) Okay. So next question: When you think of the ocean, what do you think of? Mystery. Okay, that's how you perceive love. Love is a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> That's so poetic. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. It's like an unsolvable thing. Like, I mean, obviously there's science behind it, like reproduction and everything. Right. But like, this is one of the things that fascinates the whole world to me. Like, everyone's so fascinated with love yeah. and they write about Very it. True. And they try and define yeah. it and it's hard to define, you know. Okay. I mean, I, it, you could base it down to like biology, but I feel like I mean we're past the point of like oh, that's cavemen. Not love, yeah, and we're past the point of cavemen where everything's just like that's just that's reproduction to yeah. survive in the species. And right? I think that's that maybe love. love like started there, but like we've we think about it more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what do you think, Josh? Salty. No. Damn it! I would have said salty. He said- he said unfathomable depths. Oh, that's kind of sweet. I thought he would just do the joke one and be like, it's salty ocean. Like, oh, nope. unfathomable the depths last of one love. Really Gosh, gross. he should really do be a poet. Poet, right? I know, yeah. Dang. 
Okay. Uh, the last question is, when you think of darkness, what do you think of? Oh, darkness? I think it's peaceful. Okay. Like, I'm, uh, yeah, that's like probably like, it's just very serene and peaceful. Like, so that's sleep. That's how you, that's how you perceive death. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it kind <laughs> I mean, of is. It's kind of like, really, it's not, not peaceful, right? I mean, yeah. it's kind of like <laughs> just, you know, going on to the next thing. I mean, there, death is not something that I want, but I think that right. it's something that happens to everyone. So, I mean, it's unavoidable. So, yeah. Josh is just what? Oh god. <laughs> oh no. What? Oh my gosh. Okay. So when you think of darkness, what do you think of? Josh said lamps. <laughs> so he's trying to find a way around death, it sounds like. It if sounds death like is darkness. Trying to light up the darkness, so So maybe he's like avoiding it, which is a good thing. Like you don't want to like go head on into it right away, you know? I just laughed. Really I mean, hard maybe he'll make like, the elixir of life. If that's you know, science, he's man. Smart. He's pretty smart. He's Gosh, pretty smart. Come on, Josh is an octopus. That's what I learned. He's an octopus. He's smart. He's adaptable, independent. Yeah, octopus. But he thinks he's a duck. So I, he thinks he's okay. a duck, and you perceive him as an octopus. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. So we had pretty long questions. I will do one for you next time. How about that? Okay. Okay. Because I have one in mind that you should do. It's okay. pretty long. All right, guys. Thank I'm you for excited. listening. Episode 28. We're done. 28. We're almost at 30. We should do something fun for 30. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll try and do something fun. If it's not on our actual podcast, we'll do something like exciting on Instagram or something. I don't know. I don't know. Is this your way of telling Maybe me I'm doing a face reveal? <laughs> Just kidding, guys. That's not coming. Sorry. Until I can, I need to like slough off the grime of isolating by myself. I look like someone who has been isolating for five months. No, I'm like, maybe we could just do like a, I'm going to be like Sia and I'm just going to start wearing a wig so that I can put my face on Ooh, there. Oh yeah, you could do that. We could do that. Or a mask. I can be like, um, who's the guy who looks like he has a marshmallow on his head? What's that guy? What's marshmallow? Oh That's marshmallow, Hannah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Yes, correct. Him. Anyways, thank you for listening. We're almost to 30. Thanks we for appreciate with you. Us. Um, please leave us a rating and a review. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook, whichever, or send us an email. And that's the end of this episode. Okay, bye. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.